This is Michelle Dawes-Burke of Real Chicks Run. And this is RCR Presents Real Discussions. afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host for today, Michelle Dawes-Burt. We are tickled pink. Why are we tickled? We're tickled. I know. Happy. We're happy. It's happiness. I think what it is is my guests love my opening song, Mm -hmm. Celebrate Myself by Don Tallman on um, Honeycomb Music Records. Thank you, Josh Milan, giving me permission Mm -hmm. to use it. And so it just makes the guests feel yes. a certain way. So we start dancing before mm. <laughs> before we do the show. But welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. I want to greet our new listeners and give you a little background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about. It's all about the empowerment of women. And mm-hmm. we do it through various different ways and platforms and vehicles. And this is one of them, but I'll save that for last. We do it through community service and public speaking. We do it through mentoring. We are so much into the community. We love to do events and we, we're going to talk about an event I got coming up next month. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we do it through this platform, which is the arts, which is media. Yes. And I've taken a love for this. Uh, next month will be three years three. Wow. of me doing this. And so I'm very excited about it. But this is a platform that we use to talk about issues that impact us as women. Yeah. And then we have a softer side where we have maybe some artists and things that I like and I admire that are doing legendary things. Mm. So this platform has been this. So welcome. Thanks for joining. For you guys, we ask right off the cuff, share the program, like it, subscribe, just get the word out because we think that today's conversation is going to be interesting. I have two beautiful people. I have two beautiful women here today, and I admire them because they express themselves through dance. Mm. Through dance. And so today's uh, topic and conversation is all about the rhythm. It's, we're going to talk about how we express ourselves through dance and the rhythm within. So with my guests, Anana Harris-Paris, Tambra Harris, welcome, ladies. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Speak. You got to get in the mic because you guys are all soft-spoken and everything. (laughs) So make sure we speak directly into the mic. So thank you and welcome. Welcome. So I'm going to start with Tambra. Tambra, tell the people a little bit about yourself. All right. So I am Tambra Omiale Harris. I am an educator. I am a director. I'm a dancer, a choreographer, a drummer, a lover, a sister, a friend. Talk about it. It's all in this studio right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I have 
have the pleasure of being the artistic director yes. of Giwai and Mata. And Giwai and Mata is an all-sister dance, percussion, and vocal mm-hmm. ensemble. We specialize in songs and dances of, and rhythms of the African diaspora. So where a- African people have journey and have spread out throughout the yes. world, we are celebrating them and us through music, through song, through dance, and through culture. Nice. It's a lovely, lovely, lovely part of my life. Nice. And then on the flip side, I am also, well, actually I dance all the time. It's a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other part of my dance life is that I am starting a new dance program at Price Middle School. Nice. Middle school, y'all send me a lot of energy, yes. middle school. Nice. <laughs> so yes, Price Middle School in Atlanta after 13 years of um, dance programming at uh, Drew Charter School in East Atlanta. Yeah. So I'm loving my work with young people, um, embracing social and emotional learning through movement mm. and incorporating project-based learning as well as interdisciplinary um, programming. Yeah, I've work. seen you move. I've seen you do yeah. moves outside of African dance. I said, oh, she's hip. <laughs> she knows exactly where it is. Wonderful. Yeah. That's what I'm also bringing to our students. And it's very, very healing. Nice, mm-hmm. nice body of work. You, sugar plum dumpling, <laughs> you tell the people a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Always. Let me just say, every time I come, you are still just as beautiful and radiant mm-hmm. that you um, represent melanin every ah, time doesn't so she? well. Thank oh. you. Aging in reverse. I, Benjamin I, I, Button I, I, action I, I, going on here. I, I, tell the people, tell the people, Anana. Yeah, tell the truth. Yeah, 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 yes. Thank you. But, um, yeah, so I'm happy to be here. My yes. name is Anana Johari Harris Paris. Oh. And um, I'm also an alumni of Giwai. Yes. So once you're in, you're stuck. Always a Giwai. Always family. Mm-hmm. Um, I have quite a history in dance, mm-hmm. uh, but currently I'm also the founder of the Sister Care Alliance. Yes. And we promote self-care as a form of social justice mm-hmm. and social justice as a form of self-care. And of mm-hmm. course, dance, music, um, and the arts is yes. a, a really powerful yes. form of self-care. I'm the founder of the Self-Care Agency. Mm-hmm. And so we promote self-care tools and products and services as a way to empower everybody, yes. men, women, everybody. Nice. Um, I'm also the director of operations and community affairs for the Davis Bozeman Law mm-hmm. Firm, mm-hmm. where the social justice aspect of my passion gets to really be expressed mm-hmm. um, in connection with so many other community organizations right, where right. we fight for um, the civil and human rights of those that mm-hmm. end up, unfortunately, uh, at our firm's doorstep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But dance-wise, mm-hmm. um, I started off my serious and professional dance career with Kadiatu Conti, mm-hmm. Balafon, West African Dance Ensemble nice. in Washington, D.C. Nice. So I learned more traditional West African dancing. And then when I moved to Atlanta, mm-hmm. I danced with a couple different um, uh, dance organizations. And then, of course, got lucky enough to uh, be invited. I think it was a dance <laughs> A dance-off. I think it was so. a dance-off. It was our dance-a-thon. Let me tell you, it was a dance-a-thon. I was getting over a breakup at the time. And I said, they losing today. Because I'm about to dance. You remember? Yeah, she danced all night. I, I danced, I don't know how many hours. Like six hours. Straight. I was like, bathroom break. They were like, are they like, going to the bathroom? No, no, I got to get this out. I got to get this out. <laughs> and that's how I was introduced to the organization, Giwai Mata. Um, and it was beautiful. I think I learned over 30 different choreographies. Yeah. I learned several different dance forms. And it really expanded my knowledge um, and dance base of yes. different types of dance. Sure. So um, I also founded Afri Salsa Cultural Organization. Yes. 
And Afro Salsa, we promote, of course, the culture and the arts as a form of self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and we pay attention to what connects us rather than what separates us mm-hmm. through dance and music. Mm-hmm. So I do teach salsa and I also combine self-care strategies with salsa. Mm-hmm. So salsa building intimacy with couples yes. and projects. Nice. Private again. Yes. Yeah. Trust building, Ooh, those types of things. Yeah. I love it. And so mm-hmm. the choreography side includes uh, West African, Caribbean, um, and then specifically salsa dancing all yeah. together. Mm. Yeah. Mm. There's so much to say <laughs> in what you la- ladies said in your introductions. I'm going to say this. Um, I'm a dancer. Yes. yes. I'm not a trained dancer. Okay, but you dancer. are. I love to <laughs> dance. My goal when I was a little girl was to get on Soul Train. Yeah. Wow. That's how much I was a dancer and wanted to dance <laughs> yeah. and dance like the cultural music, you know, the, the cultural dances. And so mm-hmm. I never was professionally trained, never did ballerina, ba- ballet, or I never did African. Always admired it. Mm-hmm. But I do know that uh, dance is truly a form of expression. Sure. Yeah. And I've incorporated it and and commanded it to be a part of my self-care mm-hmm. in a sense that if I don't listen to music, yeah. if I don't dance, if I don't move, then I'm not Michelle. Sure. I'm mm-hmm. not Michelle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a part of the package. So pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if you, mm-hmm. right, you just know that I'm going to be dancing and, and, and music is a part of the culture. When did you ladies discover or, or realize the beauty of dance? Did it happen for you when you were young? So I had an interesting journey into dance. I've always danced. Okay. I've just okay. always danced. I was the girl that was dancing in the bedroom with the cousins and the, exactly. the older cousins <laughs> and the big sister friends. Yeah. So um, my I always joke with my cousins and I tell them that they were my first teachers. I learned French. I learned how to play the violin. I learned how to play flute. I learned how to dance. Yeah. In my bedroom playing school, we would play school all the time and I would learn all the stuff that my big cousins learned at school, right? And they were a part of dance classes. So I would learn things there, but I literally didn't start training as a dancer until I was in high school. So I was in 10th grade and quite intimidated by the fact that I was starting so late because girls usually start at like five years old and, you know, they're um, matriculating through ballet schools Mm -hmm. and learning how to turn five times and stop on a dime and I didn't know how to do those things I just loved dancing mm-hmm. so I was the one that could cut a rug at every school um, school dance right um, and so um, I, I danced throughout high school and I enrolled in the dance program when I got out here um, I attended Clark Atlanta University but I took my dance classes at Spelman mm-hmm. but still it didn't dawn on me that I was going to become a dancer right. right that I was going to be a dancer I always knew that it was healing for me absolutely mm-hmm. healing for me and my mother you know even though she wasn't in the arts world in that way she hit me to dance movement therapy and said that I should do that and I was like yeah that's a good idea I should right um but I didn't pursue that um in particular right um and so I kind of had a journey that was that had dance as a central focus in terms of my activity Mm -hmm. but I didn't go to school to major in dance. I didn't know that I wanted to be a professional dancer. I just didn't understand it in that way. I didn't really understand dance as an option for me for a lifestyle. Right. I knew that it was something that I had to do Mm -hmm. and that it was something that I was going to do, but I didn't really understand it to be an option for me for a career and for a lifestyle. But literally it was like maybe 10 years into it. I was like, Oh, I'm a, 
dancer. Okay. This right. is what okay. I do. Okay. This is all that I do. This okay. is what I do all the time. Mm. So it was an interesting journey, mm. definitely an interesting journey, but I can say all throughout everything throughout my childhood, throughout my teenage years, throughout my college years, dance was consistent, Mm -hmm. very, very consistent. And people would ask me if I was taking dance classes before I ever took dance classes. So, um, I would say that it's just always been an inherent part of who I am. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. You and Nana, when did you discover the beauty of dance? I think shout out to the cousins because (laughs) (laughs) I think my first, um, vision of the power of dance was through my mother. Okay. She was in a West African dance troupe in Washington, D.C., okay. um, where we went to a Pan-African school, Watoto Shule. And I remember things not always being great mm-hmm. through the journey of just being um, a young black family mm-hmm. and the things that we had to encounter. But I remember that all dissipating every time I saw my mother dance. Wow. And just the joy and the, the lightheartedness that was on her face. My parents were involved in Southern University's um, um, activist activity. They were some of the leaders of a lot of the um, student mm-hmm. actions mm-hmm. that went down that were fairly violent. And so mm-hmm. they also came from small towns in Louisiana that right. had you right. know poverty um, and a lot of struggle. Mm-hmm. But when we ended up in Washington, D.C., my father was at Howard. We were at Watoto Shule. My mom, when she danced, I just, there, there was nothing but so that beautiful. beauty and the celebration of who we are, mm-hmm. who we were mm-hmm. and who we are. And then I just saw the connection mm-hmm. between what we were being taught about who we were. Mm-hmm. And it was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to the cousins, mm-hmm. my cousin Trisha and I, three days apart, Gemini's shout yes. out. <laughs> uh, we used to make up dances. Uh, before going to the church hall dances. And mm-hmm. back then, you know, being dark skinned was not uh, cute. Mm-hmm. And I was always, I still have anxiety. Even when I speak, I still mm-hmm. have a lot of overall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to work through all of those. Even I perform mm-hmm. every performance. Mm-hmm. Where's Anana? Mm-hmm. She's coming. Mm-hmm. If you remember mm-hmm. Tamara. Mm-hmm. But when I get on the stage, it just comes over me sure. like every other dancer. And I just had to learn how to mm-hmm. enjoy that experience. Mm-hmm. So, from my mom to those church hall dances to surrounding myself with other dancers, primarily sister friends and the brothers in salsa that are very supportive mm-hmm. and encouraging, mm-hmm. but just surrounding myself with people who allowed me to have anxiety, but still mm-hmm. dance sure. anyway, mm-hmm. because it brought so much to me. Man, mm-hmm. man, there is a connection there. I want to talk about it. You, you segued a little bit, Anana, when you were just sharing, there is a direct connection with dance and our people culturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Expound on that just a little bit more. I know you said you, you saw how your mom just kind of cultivated the two. Just give me a little bit more of that. Well, there's one thing to tell me that we're great mm-hmm. to tell me that we, as, as a young child, that's, you know, my parents were serious about putting who we are as black people, as people of African descent in our faces when it wasn't cool. Okay. Yeah. Cause it was not cool in the seventies and eighties to have an African name. Mm. <laughs> that was not fresh. So they would put stuff in our faces that would say, this is who you are. But when the music came on, and when you saw something greater than all of us in the room, just kind of rise to the occasion, mm, sure. you know, our backs got straighter. You know, um, whatever that seemed to command us, it didn't command us anymore. The wow. only thing that was there was how lifted and in sync we all were, just yeah. like when we all rocked, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that is a... um 
an ancient and futuristic kind of divinity sure. about who we are as black people mm-hmm. um, and how we rise above some of the worst conditions. So mm-hmm. I see that. I see that as a part of the DNA of who we are. And when we are disconnected from music and dance and, mm-hmm. and others that celebrate music and dance, then you can see it. We yeah. begin to shrink. Mm-hmm. We begin to feel less than who we are. Yeah. And for that, mm-hmm. um, we all fight to find our way back mm-hmm. to each other through mm-hmm. music and dance. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. Tamra, you mm-hmm. agree? What is yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I remember this is a slightly random kind of analogy. I remember being in a rehearsal one day and there was some drumming going on and someone had a water bottle sitting on the floor next to the, next to their chair. Mm-hmm. The water bottle was empty. The drum is going on and the water bottle is moving. It's literally moving like inches, right? And I was like, oh, we can't help it. Exactly. Like our bodies can't help (laughs) it. Exactly. Forget it. (laughs) We literally can't help but to move. So the vibrations, watching the vibrations move this water bottle, you know, by inches. Right. And yeah. And and we feel it every time our song comes on. Mm -hmm. Right. Or like every time, you know, you may get to an event and you hear the drums out of nowhere and then something is just driving you um we have people that ask us all the time well don't you get tired Mm. when you're dancing Mm. but it's so like they are one the music and the dance are one Mm. and that oneness right that unification of of dance and music that unification of rhythm and body and being able to embody something that you can't even see Right. Like that is such a powerful thing. And just to think that our ancestors always had it Mm. like we just always had it. It was an an inherent part of our culture It was Mm. a part of everyday life. People would sing when they would be washing clothes, when they would be cooking, Mm -hmm. dancing, when they would be, you know what I mean? Tending in, in, in whatever fields and farms that they had. And I'm not talking about how we existed, um, in during our period of enslavement, I'm talking about even prior to that, like dance and cult and music are just inherent to who we are as melanated people. And that in and of itself is really powerful. And then when you think about the fact that it was, there was an attempt to extract that from us, but that we preserved it anyway, Mm -hmm. because it's just a part of who we are. Okay. So we can't have any instruments. Okay. I'm going to use my hands. Exactly. I'm going to stomp my feet. Exactly. I'm going to slap my legs, right? Oh, you don't want me to really get down and bend my knees? Okay, yes. I'm going to create the cakewalk and imitate what y'all look like dancing exactly. and turn it into something fabulous and exactly. amazing. So it is just who we are. It's just who we are. And it's a beautiful, I just want to no. interject, it's a beautiful way to identify where oppression strikes, mm. right? Mm. Because if if from our core this comes out, and we see the impact of it. Just imagine what it is to not be of our culture right. and see it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So that's why you have the uh, abolition of, of dance and music in, in this country, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. during um, slavery. And you have the, the abolition of playing drums. Yeah. Right. Except for what in Congo Square. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And so when you see the amount of energy that's put into diluting, sure. renaming, mm-hmm. erasing mm-hmm. and completely abolishing that which really rises us to our greatness. Right. You have to start thinking when you walk in a room and you hear your song, you have to start seeing that as a form of, of freedom. 
right? right? I talk about emotional slavery yeah. and how literally feeling like you can't do something sure. is the success of slavery. Right. It's the success of historical slavery. Right. So when you hear those drums and that song and, and you're moving like that water bottle because mm, yeah. we're made up mostly of yeah, water. Yes, yes. When you're fighting against that, you're fighting against nature. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They can't win. They can't win. There is, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. there's definitely a spiritual, a spirituality tied to, because I've seen both of you ladies dance. Tamara really recent at the Christmas, um, for the event that you Mm -hmm. did. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, very powerful. Oh, yes. Very powerful. Dance is so powerful. Just like music, it has no respecter of color. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Or situation mm-hmm. or economic status mm-hmm. or health status or anything sure. like that. It's just a, I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it because when you ladies dance, people feel your freedom. Mm-hmm. You move like the wind. Do you know what I mean? You move and people just want to just be a part of that. It, yes. it, you do. And it's a light, like, there's a light. Ta- I don't know if you guys can see it, but Tamara's just glowing. I can't even. I can't yeah. even look at it too oh, much without my glasses, without some shades on, because it's an inward thing. So I, I really want to touch on the spirituality of sure. it, without being religious per se, but we are a people, right? Mm-hmm. And so every time you dance, is it ushering in? Our culture even more, mm. our spirituality more. So you know what's interesting? I have a we have a friend, um, Lorraine McCall, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. um, whispered to me during a dance class recently. Think of yourself as God when you dance. See there, see mm-hmm. you see. Think mm-hmm. of yourself, right? And I f- I feel that thing when I am in motion, when I am in movement. There are particular deities and Orisha who are great dancers Mm -hmm. that are known to be great dancers. Mm -hmm. And so there is a connection between movement and spirituality. And even if you think about a dancer as almost like um, an illusion artist, Mm -hmm. like we create illusions and we're literally shifting energy, shifting energy in a space. You can't see the energy. You just know that something is changing. You know, you think about people that mime and people that do puppeteering and, and that kind of like physical movement and dance. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're literally telling you a story, but Quite often there aren't any words, right. yeah. but right. they're making exactly. you believe in a concept. They're making you believe a thing because mm-hmm. they're literally shifting energy mm-hmm. around, around in the space. When I dance, I know that that's what's happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know that everyone that dances knows that that's what's mm-hmm. happening for them, mm-hmm. but I'm very conscious of it. I'm conscious of the way people's facial expressions mm-hmm. look, the way that their bodies are responding to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that, that their spirits are opening up as a result of whatever is going on, whether it's me dancing or the person next to me dancing. Mm-hmm. So that is, um, just dance and spirit in a kind of open ended, mm-hmm. ended sense. 
The other aspect of it is that our people dance for spiritual purposes, okay. literally for ritual, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For um, to celebrate this particular ritual or to celebrate this particular rite of passage or this particular journey. There are particular dances that go with different aspects of who we are as spiritual beings. And one of the captivating aspects of West African dance and African dances in general is that you see that there's something else behind this other than just the dance Mm -hmm. and just the music like this dancing means something. something and you see our people beginning to adopt that again into our church services mm-hmm. where people are dancing more through mm-hmm. liturgical dance and movement. I remember feeling when I was in high school, like feeling like there was a part of my worship practice that was being cut off because dancing wasn't in style in churches in oh, no. 1992. No. no, you know what I mean? That nope. was not in style. Nope. <laughs> so no, I remember no. <laughs> feeling, I wonder how comfortable I can be as I grow as a dancer in this environment where I can't worship through my body, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember pushing back from that and looking for spaces where I could um, incorporate my movement into my worship practice. Okay. And I'm grateful that I was able to find that. And I'm really grateful that black people in general are coming back around to that space where we recognize that movement, um, not only music, because we've been using music, mm-hmm. but movement. Yes. Um, in in more elaborate senses mm. is is really really critical and mm. crucial to our spiritual development mm. and expression. Awesome, yeah. Um, I definitely can't add to that because I think that's exactly <laughs> the point. And I, I'm going to um, layer on top of it um, the the notion of partner dancing mm. and the unspoken and this invisible connection that you have with another person when you are say salsa dancing. So I have this activity that I do with a salsa partner where um, I blindfold myself Mm. and I show the beauty of leading and following when you just can't see anything. You're forced to break down every other extra layer Mm. of, of worry, of concern, and you have to just rest in the spiritual side of the music that will connect you Mm. with your partner. Mm. And it is an unmistakable experience. It's something that shows you that there is an essence about you, whether you call it spirit or whatever, Mm -hmm. that is connected to so many more people. It's connected to so many more things Mm -hmm. than what you could even imagine. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of dance um, and the juxtaposition of dance and spirituality is that depending on the environment, the teacher and the people dancing next to you, you cannot do anything but submit Mm. to what is spiritual about Mm -hmm. it. You Mm -hmm. may not be able to verbalize it, Mm -hmm. especially um, when you're salsa dancing, you could literally just dance with anyone um, for the first time. Mm -hmm. And you just connect. Mm -hmm. Um, They could be much older than you. They could be a younger person. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just this really beautiful experience that reminds us that we are connected because that's one of the beautiful grounding experiences of spirituality is that 
the connection. Yes. You know, this, this society is so isolating. Yeah. Right. And we almost have to teach people with the advent and it's wonderful, but with the advent of social media and um, this kind of technological disconnection, Mm -hmm. you almost have to teach people how to ask someone to dance, to teach people how to even want to leave the house again. You know, isolationism is becoming so popularized. Mm -hmm. You've got virtual reality world. You've got all of these things that are not really challenging us to really kind of look at someone Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is so intimate and beautiful and safe. You know, uh, uh, with Afri Salsa, I launched in 2004. Mm -hmm. And in tandem, I launched the Afri Salsa Fights HIV AIDS campaign. Okay. Where we would teach basic salsa steps and we would um, have regular socials. Mm -hmm. And at the socials, we also had information about safe activity, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But when you're dancing, you're able to be touched in a safe way. You're able to interact and connect in a safe way. It puts no one at risk, but you still feel fulfilled. So when you commodify (laughs) dance and music, of course you want to survive in this capitalistic society, but when you commodify it only and you don't pay attention to what you promote and what Mm. Tambra is talking about, Mm -hmm. which is the spiritual side of Mm -hmm. dance, Mm -hmm. then you miss out on so much healing. So I just encourage people to not only see it individually, but also see it through the social dancing side of how you can connect and then also in partner dancing. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is all of those things. I do feel a spirituality to watch you dance, mm-hmm. to watch other people who dance, um, African dance, you just feel an ancestral thing. You mm-hmm. feel a connection to your heritage. Yeah. You feel how powerful and how beautiful you are, especially as women. Yeah. Especially as women. And the dances that you ladies do, no respecter of size, all is mm-hmm. welcome. Mm-hmm. And women are getting it because mm-hmm. they're taking it Their Their mind is going with the drum and mm-hmm. it's going with the movement of their body and they're comfortable in their skin. Sure. And they're, it's almost, they're just getting free in every yeah. aspect yeah. of that. And that's beautiful in that regard. And then on you, <laughs> yeah, on you, yeah, on, on your you. side, <laughs> it's, it is dance for me in this regard is very intimate. Yeah. Um, even when you dance by yourself, yeah. it's a very intimate mm-hmm. and personable mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So much so that when some people come and touch you, and it almost interrupts because mm-hmm. you were not present, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're not present. Yeah. It's something about the energy, the vibe of the music, and you just feeling safe mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. let yourself go in that moment and you're gone. Mm-hmm. And whenever you feel like you want to come back, you come back. Sure. Yeah. But it's a very safe space. Your imagination goes. Yeah. Mine does. Let me speak. I don't know about nobody else. Mine does. Yeah. <laughs> the imagination goes. It is a very, for me, very sexual thing. It's mm-hmm. a very, it builds confidence because yeah. in that space, it doesn't matter what I look like oh it doesn't matter yeah it's just me connecting with the music yeah because there's something that's naturally in all of us and i wanted to make that point in terms of west african dance yes west african dance the traditional movements are not um you break this hip break that hip over time shape Mm -hmm. your body to to -hmm. respond a certain way Mm -hmm. and then you move Mm -hmm. you know west african (laughs) traditional dance across the board is based off of natural movements that your body naturally does Right. Right. Yes. Even yes. things that you naturally want to do, 
Mm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it comes from the inside out. And so then there's framing around it. There's right. choreography around these natural moves that just naturally come out of you. And if you are a, a grown woman, I'm a there grown, are grown woman. <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to, you know, express yourself. Yeah. And, and there should be a safe environment for sure. you to, to, to breathe and move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so mm-hmm. healthy. Repressing all of that, mm-hmm. whether it's anger, sensuality, love, uh, freedom, yeah. excitement, happiness, expressing all of those things in a healthy way is a form of taking excellent care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not going anywhere. That's Absolutely. the trick. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not going anywhere. Right. You can try and ignore it today, but when right. you wake up tomorrow, still, the need is still, still going to be there. That's right. what makes dance and the arts as a self-care art form revolutionary for right. us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Why Afri Salsa? Well, I'm glad you have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, because the term salsa mm-hmm. means sauce. Mm-hmm. And uh, before there was the term salsa, there was the term Afro-Cuban dance. And nice. Music. Yes, yes. Um, but with the trade embargo, there was a lot that was not brought back into the States from Cuba to New York. Mm-hmm. And so there is to make a long historical yeah. story short, yeah. there was the evolution of this term called salsa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you miss the Afro, you miss the lineage, mm-hmm. right? But it really was a marketing term. Yeah. It wasn't to say that um, one is better than the other. It really was just a means for a way, a, a means to a way for a community, um, a Latin community to express themselves, to mm-hmm. market themselves, Fania, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided I wanted to put Africa back in touch mm-hmm. with salsa yeah. mm-hmm. and depending on where you're from it's not news it's not new sure. to know that sure. the mm-hmm. rhythmic origins of salsa are African mm-hmm. and right. that we all connect on ways that are naturally a part of us mm-hmm. but when I first moved here uh, back in 2000 mm. I had a ball in DC salsa dancing you couldn't tell me anything mm-hmm. it was just open it was fun if I danced in New York it was the same way but when I moved to Atlanta, it was so segregated. Mm, Man, I got sister yeah. couldn't get a dance yeah. down here. Yeah. And so yeah. I met up with um, uh, other uh, African-Americans, excuse me, at Tongue and Groove back in the day. And we called ourselves the African-American Tongue and Groove Salsa Crew. Oh, my we made gosh. Up some names. <laughs> Because we knew if we were there, we would at least get a dance. And yeah. so after a while, I created Afri Salsa. There was the community component. And I just was really tired of convincing someone of something mm-hmm. that should have been innate. So it was a marketing term. Mm-hmm. And then it evolved into a cultural organization. Yeah. And there are times where I will dance and they'll say, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Louisiana. Mm. No, you're Dominican. I'm like, no, no, no actually. <laughs> and then one time I, uh, cause I teach. And so one time I was teaching and this one, uh, Latina sister said, where are you from? Cause you can't be African American. Mm. How do you know this? You know, mm. how do you know this? And I said, well, you know, there were a lot of boats. Mm. Ah, so she said that. Yeah, she told her. <laughs> there were a lot of boats. <laughs> And, you know, although those boats landed, you know, little Pan-African education Mm -hmm. all over the world at different times, not just tied to slavery. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But we have been dispersed in many ways, voluntarily and and involuntarily. But that that core of who we are, although it's been transmuted and translated, it's still within us. Mm -hmm. And so I actually um, had a great time learning and enjoying dancing Mm -hmm. salsa. And I don't think anybody owns it. I sure. think that Ooh. we should just enjoy it 
And if you want to think I'm something, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to really live and enjoy myself. And so now it's grown. We used Afro Salsa Socials as a conduit for more Mm African-Americans to feel more comfortable with learning. Yes, I enjoy teaching. I create a very protected space. And I love teaching beginners. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's grown. That's why Afro Salsa, it was very much so needed. And Mm -hmm. to really honor those who are new to dance. Yes, You know, Mm -hmm. there is a culture of professionalizing dance. And of right. course, New York, D.C. is different. And in 2000, Atlanta did not have as much of a developed right. mm-hmm. um, dance professional mm-hmm. community. But now, you know, making sure that people understand that you didn't go pay somebody $10 to learn the electric slide. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you? No. <laughs> no. It's okay for you to just learn, learn and yeah. not put in your mind, I have to do this or I have right. to do it this way. There's mm-hmm. so many different expressions of salsa. There's so many different um, types of West African, traditional West right. African dance and right. different types of African dance. Right. Mm-hmm. There's contemporary African dance. Right. Yeah. Right. All kinds Absolutely. of dance throughout mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. There are even salsa congresses, all of their like conferences mm-hmm. all throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So it's really okay. Let it unify us. Let right. it be part of your self-care plan and you'll be fine, boo-boo. If I'm not where you want me to be right. from, sure. you'll be okay. You'll be all right. It'll be all right. You say DC a lot. You went to an HBCU, didn't you? I would like to say a shout out to my dad went to Howard, so I was school fed Howard. How you doing, Howard? Oh, I just want to give you that. Just toss you that. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah. Thank you very much. Tamara mm-hmm. said where she was, where yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Said, well, you know. Yes. yes. Well, you know, the Department of Fine Arts at Howard University was just one of the premier locations yeah, for sure. just everything phenomenal about who we were as as black people mm-hmm. in dance, music, theater. Um, you think about some of the greats that went from that came from mm-hmm. there, Felicia mm-hmm. Rashad, Debbie mm-hmm. Allen, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm gonna give a shout out to my girl Lauren Atkins DeVoe. Yes. We were both electrical engineering majors at Howard. And she was, (laughs) so she was, um, bread and dance like yes. her whole upbringing was through dance phenomenal uh, ballerinas yes. all kinds and we danced with Kadiatu Conti and Balafone in DC that was my first just aggressive introduction into <laughs> being a professional dancer and she continued on to uh, be the, the core headline off Broadway and then on Broadway dancer mm. for Fela yeah. um, the musical mm, yeah. then she traveled the world yeah. and so that's another Howard product as wow. well. shout out to my Girl, Lauren. Look at you. Look at you. How do we bridge the gap with the younger generation with dance? Mm. So I love that question. And it's um, it's it's some of what I do on a daily basis. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to Mm -hmm. do that. Um, First of all, just working with young people just kind of keeps you young. Yeah, because you look delicious. This doesn't make any sense at all. The skin, the teeth, the whole thing. Just a reflection, my sister. Uh, Just a reflection. I got work to do. I'm going to sign up for a class. Right, right, right. Come on, come on. Well, the beautiful thing is that, you know, our young people are dancing. Yes. They are dancing hard, yes. hard yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like every time you look around, they have their cell phone out mm-hmm. and they are like working it. Yeah, and you yeah. know what I mean? Like posting videos. <laughs> so we don't have to get them to dance, okay. right? Because okay. they're already dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to tell them we have something similar, right? 
as to what you're doing. And it's been different in the different generations. So you all have this iteration of hip hop. Uh, this was my iteration of yeah, hip hop, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's what I tell kids because they ask me, mm-hmm. well, Miss Harris, are we going to do hip hop dance? You do all this African dance. Are we going to do hip hop mm-hmm. dance? And I say, well, I can teach you some old school hip hop. And they're like, right. okay. Yeah. So, you know, they mm-hmm. have their iteration, right? Mm-hmm. I have my iteration, which is a beautiful thing mm-hmm. because when, when hip hop was starting off, no one knew that it was going to go this far. That's correct. Right? That is correct. Nobody knew it was going to go this far. That's correct. So we have these different iterations of hip hop, which reflect the various iterations of jazz, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And jazz dance and hip hop dance are similar in that they are those social and vernacular dances. Right. That eventually became concert and theater performances, which is very much like our traditional African indigenous art forms all around the world. Mm -hmm. They were performed and danced in the context of the community. Exactly. You didn't have to go pay someone in order to teach you how to do these things. It was Mm -hmm. just what you did. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have these various iterations of the power of vernacular dance and how it gets translated, right? And how it becomes this powerful tool Mm -hmm. and vessel and vehicle for communicating with people all over the world, right? So we have numerous examples of what it looks like, right? We see it um, in salsa dancing. We see it Mm -hmm. in traditional um, African dance works. We see it in hip hop. We see it in jazz. And so if we can just humble ourselves Talk about it. and be patient enough with the process and say, mm-hmm. well, this is what it looks like all over the world. This, what you all are doing, right? Mm-hmm. This social dance that you all are doing, this is what it looks like all over the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that humbling of, of self allows us to learn some things in the process. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we make it okay to decolonize dance. Talk about it. I was looking at a post by my sister. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Melanie George went in talking about decolonizing dance. Yeah. Yeah. Ballet is a beautiful, incredibly beautiful art form. Whether danced by brown people or not. It's beautiful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to be honest about the fact that racism has intersected Mm. every aspect of our existence. Mm -hmm. And we will be foolish not to recognize the way that it has intersected our art and the way that it has in particular intersected the art form of dance. So when we get comfortable with decolonizing, with saying that everything does not have to look like the, um, the, um, the dances of the aristocracy, right? Yeah. Like, everything doesn't have to look like that mm-hmm. in order to be deemed mm-hmm. like really powerful in order to be validated. Mm-hmm. Everything does not have to look like these dances of, you know, the mm-hmm. court dances mm-hmm. of the European era. Mm-hmm. So if we can do that, if we yeah. can humble ourselves and be patient with the process and share with our young people that this is the way that it looks all over the world. Yes. And when you, when you say that you're a dancer, you don't have to wear ballet shoes. 
Okay. You can be a dancer and look like this. Mm-hmm. Look like that. You can be a dancer and wear some African dance clothes. That's you can true. be a dancer and wear some sneakers. You can That's be a true. dancer in your bare feet and in your socks. Mm-hmm. You can be a dancer in all of those ways. Then we, that's the bridge. Yeah. That in and of itself is the bridge. Mm-hmm. And we just have to get with them. Find those. What do you, what do you all like to do? Oh, you know what? That looks like this dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which looks like that dance, okay. which was the dance that my mom did, okay. which was a dance that our ancestors did yeah. when, mm-hmm. which is a dance that's still being done in Guinea, right? Mm-hmm. We There are all of these points yeah. and connections that's and places nice. and ways that we can connect. I love the way you do that. We just because I, I was going to ask you, how do you connect those dots? And thank you for that example. Because mm-hmm. I think it's important that even though... We, they have their style and, and their technique mm-hmm. and their, the way they want to express themselves today. I think it's important that they understand the connection. Sure. That yes, you're moving forward and you're doing things differently now because right. of the times and how you express and things that you're exposed to, but the connection. It's a connection. This rhythm and you move and this movement that you have comes back from right. way, way right. back. The yeah. way right. you arch your back, right. the way you pop, the way you right. move, the way you break, right. the way you pause came from way, way back. back. Way back. You didn't get that off YouTube. That there's is a, something in you. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary um produced by Mon- Monsell Durden in mm-hmm. um California. Um he's a professor at um one of the universities there. He has a beautiful documentary that parallels break dancing mm-hmm. and jazz dance mm-hmm. and it is so powerful to see these old images right these black and white images mm-hmm. of people dancing you know? and if you put a hip hop beat to it yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like any yeah. dance party that's happening now yeah. mm-hmm. so it's a beautiful thing to see those parallels and then as you when you study then you see that African dance isn't just a bunch of flailing, right? right. It's not just no. a bunch of people just going throwing out there doing, throwing their arms around. It's a system yeah. and there's a technique. So, yeah. you know, when you look at the characteristics of it, you're able to see, to see and show we share these characteristics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and these characteristics cross like cultural lines and cultural boundaries. It's a really beautiful thing mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. When I went to um, Johannesburg and then Cape town last year, mm-hmm. um, I had an opportunity um, to teach a group of young girls who were survivors of just some horrific things, Um, a self-care through Afro salsa and dance workshop when you're dealing with um, critical self-care and Mm -hmm. trauma. Mm -hmm. And this is actually a funny story, believe it or not, Um, with all these heavy things that young people are dealing with. Another way to connect to them is to show them how dance can help them Mm -hmm. work through it Mm -hmm. and how to be more strategic about using dance in their lives and not just happenstance. Yeah. So in this particular workshop, you know, there was a a documentary that was released in early 2000 when I was dancing with Giwa and we performed to the release of the HBO documentary, a mandala, a revolution Mm -hmm. in four part harmony. It is one of the Mm -hmm. reasons that I started to take seriously the application of culture and dance as a form of revolution Mm -hmm. and, and uh, survival for our people. So in that you learned about how music and the artists, the South African artists, um, not only use music, but also dance. So right. PS fast forward to last year, I traveled for the global women's, um, activism summit in Johannesburg and we end up in Cape Town. And this group of girls had gone through unspeakable things and they, um, took my workshop. 
So I had done my research. I watched mm. this documentary <laughs> and there was a way that the, um, the revolutionary soldiers would work out in the mountains and they would do these high knees mm-hmm. with the song. And it was a way to boost morale. Right. And it evolved into a dance that um, in my mind, I remembered being called the toy toy. Right. Toy toy. Toy toy. Right. So now I'm coming down with my recollection of this mm-hmm. dance and my recollection of the name of it. And I sit in front of these beautiful, beautiful, strong South African young girls. And I said, OK, are y'all ready? Do you all know the dance, the toy toy? And they said, mm. no, they said the toy toy. I said, what? I said, are you all South African? They said, yes. <laughs> You're trying like, to call folks out. What? And they have. I said, you all sat there. They was like, yes. Mm-hmm. I said, and you don't know the dance of toy toy? And they said, no. no. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, you get up at Armandela, right? Mm-hmm. And I start doing it. And they said, oh, the toy toy. I oh, completely you wrong. saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone fell out loud. But what they did understand was the movement. Right. Mm. And what they understood was, Mm. even though we had talked about trauma, we talked about critical self-care. We said, I nourish myself, do my best, say thank you, release the Mm -hmm. rest, and gave them these really beautiful movements. Give it it again. Give it again. I nourish myself, do my best, say thank you, and And release release the the rest. rest. And we teach that as a a mantra and a movement that you can incorporate in your life. They loved it. You should have seen. They were like, and I release them. They were killing it. But when I did the toy toy, Mm. right, which I'm now focused on Mm -hmm. saying correctly, it was another way for them to take what they already were doing, to your point, Tambra, dances and movements they were already familiar with, connecting them to their own homeland, their own revolutionary history. Mm -hmm. And they were like, I need to do this. So that's when I said, do that together once a week. Mm Mm-hmm. Get together. Mm-hmm. There's strength in numbers mm-hmm. through these dances mm-hmm. and use that as your strategy mm-hmm. to feel stronger right. about every other aspect of your life. So right. I really do believe that on top of um, getting them to understand where they are, um, that you also want to highlight how we have to be more strategic right. when we dance. Mm. Right. Right, absolutely. And that's what the spiritual right. side is. That it's is strategic. That is. It's like, you know what? I don't want to slap anybody right. this week. Ooh. Right. So I'm going to have to go to a Giwa class yeah. at 3 o'clock on Sundays. Yeah, 3 o'clock on Sundays, yes. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The plug, and the plug, when I get yes. there, we're going to do some dance. Right. We might do Dunumba. Right. And I might end up kicking this hand out mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. doing some real mm-hmm, strong mm-hmm. movements mm-hmm. that's going to help to exercise yes. out of right. me what naturally is right. there is a natural human response but that needs to come out in a healthy way right right and and modeling that is really really important and i tell my students all the time i dance i take dance classes i dance outside of here i don't just dance when i'm teaching you but i dance because i really want to sometimes anana is like hey can you come (laughs) dance with me like literally literally can you come dance with me okay (laughs) where we where we meeting up she's already booked a studio Mm -hmm. somewhere yeah. For us to just go yeah. and dance. Mm. And I have that experience and that vibration and that connection with other sister groups too, yeah. where people can just say, I really want to dance. I've, I've created this one thing. I just want to show it to somebody mm-hmm. or I'm feeling blocked in some kind of way. Yeah. Will you come dance with me? Mm. You know? Yeah. And so 
my students, my young people, they're middle schoolers, their hormones are all over the place. Jumping. And they are mm-hmm. a part of a community that's literally just been forgotten because mm-hmm. of the intersection of racism and economics and yes. capitalism yes. and all of these yeah. isms, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All of these isms. And they come, I may feel like dancing. I may feel excited and happy and mm-hmm. thankful for my life. They might not be, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so the language that's happening in the educational sector is social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. Well, we've always been doing mm-hmm. social emotional learning. That's Basically. what we. That's why we've been dancing and singing and creating jazz music, right? Yeah. It's because of how it socializes us mm-hmm. and how it heals our emotions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But okay, there's a terminology for it now. Okay. And so we utilize <laughs> yeah. it at my school and it's helpful, of mm-hmm. course, because mm-hmm. the concept is helpful, right? Yeah. And so one of the things that we started to do, I started to do with my students was to create dances that went with particular feelings. Mm. And so I started with the feeling of being hyped, okay. right? Okay. Because sometimes they're just over the top hyped. <laughs> Think about what they're eating every day, right? Mm-hmm. They're just exactly. over the top, over the top hyped. But I took it back to my version of movement and we use Let's Get It Started by MC Hammer. <laughs> I'm wearing the kids out with Let's Get Started, uh, MC Hammer, and they are having the best time dancing what it feels like to be hyped yeah. and excited, oh, right? Yeah, and they're like, can we do that one? Can we do that one? Yeah. So then after that one, I decided, okay, well, let's do something also pleasant, right? We don't want to bring the mood down really, really far, but let's dance about feeling good and kind, mm-hmm. right? So we use an India Ari song. Nice. Kindness is timeless. So we put some movement to that one. And then we put um, a few more out. I said, you know, I started off today feeling really frustrated. Mm. And this song came to mind. Kendrick Lamar, we're going to be all right. Mm. Like no matter what's going on, yeah, we still going to be all right. We're going to be all right. So I created this dance and I used, you know, some movement cues from there, okay. right? There okay. are versions of or iterations of hip hop and and built on that. So mm-hmm. now we have about five or six social emotional learning dances right. where they can opt in to dance that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling happy, go on in the circle and dance this one. If you're feeling hopeful, go on in the circle and dance this mm-hmm. one. If you want to feel happy or if you want to feel hyped, right? So it gives them options. It continues to bridge that mm-hmm. gap and it continues to affirm the purpose and the healing aspect of dance and movement Mm -hmm. and then we talk about what they feel like after doing this Mm -hmm. and it's similar when people come to our classes on Sundays Mm -hmm. I can't honestly say that as a professional dancer every time I go into a dance space I don't always want to dance yeah Mm -hmm. I agree Mm -hmm. it's my job (laughs) you know what I mean I've learned to I've learned to find that place in me where I'm where I can dance and Mm -hmm. it can look like I want to do it Mm -hmm. I don't always want to and neither do all of the men and women and children that show up every single day for our Sunday class they may Mm -hmm. not always just want to dance but they know that after they do exactly they're gonna feel Feel so much better like it's chemical your body chemically releases Mm -hmm. endorphins and things to Mm -hmm. make you feel good exactly right working out like working out looking into someone's Mm -hmm. face that's smiling Mm -hmm. and jamming and Mm -hmm. getting all into it it 
makes you feel good. And so our spaces of healing, our rehearsals, our dance classes, our educational work with, with young people, our social environments that we go into mm-hmm. is healing yeah. and we need it. Yeah. The, it's like working out. You don't, some days you're excited, you're pumped about doing it. Some days you don't want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could have been the conditioning that you put into your body the day before. Right. 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 And right. then you feel that aftermath right. and you say, I don't really feel like going, mm-hmm. but you go because mm-hmm. you know, the end result is right. You're going to feel better, but it's really what you put into it as well. Absolutely. Right. And then the energy and the environment too, that helps, mm-hmm. but it's the end result. Mm-hmm. I'm really a big proponent on bridging gaps in any kind of way, mm-hmm. whether it's musically through dance, through the arts, just information knowledge, because I feel that, the environment and the way that kids learn today is so different than how we've mm-hmm. learned before mm-hmm. that. And we have information, we have in- experience. And I think that it's, I think you're doing a beautiful job, Tambra, and just kind of just constantly connecting. It's almost like a wave. Like mm-hmm. you show me yours, I show you mine. Mm-hmm. Like we, we just mm-hmm. kind of go and, back and forth because they got to kind of understand where it all stems sure. from. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And I yeah. think there's some artists today that feels like um, in different genres or different platforms that feel they don't have to pay any kind of respect or homage to where things originated mm. from. It's what it's about today. Mm. But I think in order for it to be genuine sure. or for you to put your identity to it, you kind of got to know where it came right. from so that it can keep going. Sure. That's my concern. Sure. I just don't want it to end here. I wanted mm-hmm. to keep going because mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. It Who influences you from a dance perspective? You went to a school, HBCU, and you threw some names <laughs> out. <laughs> you threw out Felicia Rashad, yeah. Debbie yeah. Allen, yeah. things yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Were they your influencers? Was it Dance Theater of Harlem? Because you're connected to New York. You said New York and D.C. Was is was it even Alvin Ailey who was just here this past week or yeah, so? Last who, weeks yeah, who was your influencer? You know, after my mom mm-hmm. and seeing a lot of um, the sisters in the seventies um, and eighties who mm. were in these very small West African dance troops mm-hmm. and very small Pan African communities throughout um, the states. Um, my cousins were an influence okay. and these church hall dances we would go mm, okay. to in yes. New Rose, Louisiana, <laughs> where people would literally be working the whole month on a routine. Mm. Um, Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. oh, pleasure yes. principle. Yes. I know the entire <laughs> I video. I should have made you do it today. Listen, yes. just put the chair right there. I step on the chair. <laughs> really expressive dance I just I had to see it and honestly the desire to see more of people my complexion in aspects of dance was also a desire you know I just didn't see any chocolate people doing salsa Mm -hmm. on television and you know shout out to people in their 40s you know Mm -hmm. it was black and white TV and I would Mm -hmm. see those late ballroom competitions Mm -hmm. but I never saw anybody partner dancing but I did see you know my elders my aunties my uncles Mm -hmm. killing the game when their favorite song if the Gap Band came on or whatever so really people Mm -hmm. in my community inspired me and when I got older Kariatu Conti Mm -hmm. she 
was just and still is beautiful and strong. And in my early 20s, she taught me how to find my strength through dance. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. she challenged me. I think that first month when I was um, auditioning to be in a dance company with very little professional, if not none, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I cried after rehearsal every day. I walked home crying every day. There were moves she would do in front of me. This this move, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, she would come mm-hmm. in front of me. It's looking ugly. It's still looking ugly. And I would be like, oh, no. Like, to get higher. And I would just, you know. But she did not lie. She mm-hmm. did not sugarcoat. She did not rub your back. And mm-hmm. she made you stronger. But she cooked you great food. Mm-hmm. She would make sorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we... We were wrapped into this experience that made me only want it that way. So that was a dance mentor that really was more about being a community mentor. Yes, yes. That makes sense. I've Mm -hmm. never seen or experienced dance outside of Mm -hmm. um, what I got. Um, an experience of. And then for salsa, there was this group in DC. I write about it in my book. (laughs) There's this group called Moro. And there was a group of Dominicans who had this salsa class mm-hmm. at Republic Gardens. Shout out to Howard Days in the 90s. <laughs> Republic <right> Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> but um, while I started doing professional West African dance, I would leave. I would take the dance class in D.C., downtown D.C., um, Cariato teaching. And then we'd have rehearsal. So from literally 6 to 10 p.m., I'd be doing straight mm-hmm. West African dance. Mm-hmm. Then I would leave there and I would go to the salsa club, which mm-hmm. was run by Moro. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm about to get this salsa. Mm-hmm. So one time I'm dancing and I'm learning and I'm thinking it's what I want to do, which salsa is not. It's really you relax into the music. Sure. The music is really in charge. And okay. then you leave. So this guy takes me and I'm my body is moving like I know what I'm doing. Uh-huh. So he takes me and he just spins me out and he starts to flip me back in. And I'm like, yay, look at me spin. And my arms are up. No, you don't spin like that. You Mm-mm. keep your arms in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it tightens your turn, but yeah. it also helps you be mindful of the people around you. I spun so many times with my arms wide open. I took his jaw out. <gasps> Honey, and this brother, I was like, I'm sorry. He's like, I show her, I rock a show her. <laughs> so I, I really appreciated the mentorship, wow. and support of the my wow. early salsa wow. um, instructors oh my. that you know were a part of Moro, mm-hmm. um, who allowed me mm-hmm. to learn and grow. So it was always communal mentors. Mm-hmm. They were always people that were just very giving of dance, yeah. and they were. Killing it on the right, dance floor. Right, Their skill set right, was like sure. way up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to sure. learn. I want to learn salsa. I play with it. I you got know? you. She's being, a great teacher. Being from uh, the Bronx and um, having a lot of friends that were Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. and just going to the store was, you know, the. Um, the bodega and then yeah, they're yeah. playing salsa merengue and, yeah, and, and the, yeah uh-huh, and poppies uh-huh, in the store uh-huh. and, you, and you hear Tito Fuente and yes. Delia Cruz and it's just every Saturday yes. so you feel close to yeah. it but then you just never really had the training because there was a separation yeah. and segregation right mm-hmm. because if you didn't speak Spanish you couldn't hang out per se oh. but did you know you that know? there were salsa songs during the civil rights era that mm-hmm. were pur- purposefully done in Spanish and English mm-hmm. to show a sense of solidarity mm-hmm. so between the community so mm-hmm. there's so many stories where black and Latina communities or Latinx communities 
actually work together yeah. that that people don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. There's so many mm-hmm. stories of what we had to do to make sure that yeah. things got done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, my my son's father's family's Panamanian. Mm-hmm. They look like the rest of us, mm-hmm. yeah. black mm-hmm. folk. Mm-hmm. And what I love is mm-hmm. hearing their stories of uh, coming here to the states and people talking to them. Or speaking Spanish around them and just completely not oh. thinking that they know what they're saying. Yeah. Right. And so there's all these double and triple consciousnesses, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, which yeah. I think yeah. breeds schizophrenia yeah. Yeah. <laughs> personally. Yeah. That is interwoven into dance, music, and culture that mm. you cannot segregate. You mm-hmm. can't tease it apart. Mm. Um, but the beauty is when you do find the combination, like when um, I first was um, dating uh, my son's father, he, his family... Uh, we're talking one day and uh, his grandmother said, yes, the African girl. I said, and they were just looked, they said, no, 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 she's, she's from Louisiana. No, she's African. Mm. Have you seen her mm. dance? Mm. No, she's from oh, Africa. Mm. I heard you know? that. And so the I bottom line that. is, it did, you couldn't tell her right. anything. Oh. It didn't matter. It's right. like dance and music ends up being shared. Right. But when they see the iterations of who we are as a people, mm-hmm. no matter where we are, we're mm-hmm. killing the game. Mm-hmm. And we're still connected to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. part of you. Mm-hmm. Part of us, the music connects That's right. us all the That's time. Right. You can't get rid of me. Though. No, I'm here. And I love teaching couples that are new, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. people that just want to learn because you see that spark. And it's, I teach you how to continue learning so you don't need me. Sure. And oh. and you know what happens? They just go. Oh, I got it. They yeah. go, that's it. Yeah. And then they're going to, there are dance places you can go that are just ballrooms. There's not cigarette smoke and, and alcohol. Right, over right, the place. Right, right, right. It's just a ballroom social. And then there are the clubs. If you want to mm-hmm. go out and have mm-hmm. a good time, mm-hmm. there are conferences slash congresses. I mean, yeah. there's so many options with salsa in particular. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and West African, right, yeah, there are West yeah. African Absolutely. dance conferences. Absolutely. There are workshops mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. You got Tambra. it. <laughs> yes. Influencers for you. Wow. Okay. So my list is long. <laughs> my list three. is long. Top three. Okay. Top three. So I have this um, beautiful connection with um, the um, artistic director Emerita mm-hmm. from Giwayan Mata. I can honestly say that Omelika Kuumba put me in all of these amazing environments mm-hmm. in and in and around Atlanta that really fostered my growth, okay. right? Like that just either challenged me to grow um, with learning from different people or um, possibly she put me into some hot water that I didn't even know I could function in. Like, okay, well, why don't you go teach that? Or why don't you go do it? So I li- I blossomed <laughs> so much, you know, so she's just definitely just like my sister, friend, teacher, inspirer, yes. encourager yes. in so many ways. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Three? I only get three. I know. Well, do, so, do what okay. you can. I'm do what you to, can. I'm going to group some okay. together. Okay. 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 So another group, I have a group of choreographer and director friends okay. um, around the United States mm-hmm. that um, have dance companies mm-hmm. that um, tour the world, mm-hmm. that use um, African diasporic movement to um, 
to tell stories Mm -hmm. and use it in contemporary and traditional dance contexts. Um, So the Abdel Salams and Jawale Zahler Mm -hmm. and uh, my brother Ron Brown. Mm -hmm. So those are my choreographer, director, Mm -hmm. you know, inspirers. Um, And then I have my people that I dance with every day. Like literally I'm watching them and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I love the way you do that. (laughs) I love the way you, and you know, like I'll tell Nika all the time, like, I love how full your body is when you dance, like you dance with every Mm -hmm. single part of who you are. You know what I mean? And then, you know, I'm watching Anana like be bilingual, right? Like she will bust out her salsa game, right? And then you think that she's a salsa dancer, but then like the drums come out and then she's going to bust out her West African and then the old school hip hop comes out. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm grateful. Yes, give it to him, girl. (laughs) So I'm really grateful to say that the people that I dance with, right, that I can look into their eyes, I can physically touch them, I can walk the belt line with you right yes. like these are the people that inspire me on a daily mm-hmm. basis and then we have those like ancestral inspirations mm-hmm. you know the pearl primus the Catherine dunham the yeah. baba chuck davis who mm-hmm. did like all of all of this amazing work with bridging gaps yep. between people yep. and and yep. and crossing um you know boundaries of segregation yeah. and and just mm-hmm. all of these incredible and inspiring things that they did through movement mm-hmm. right studying people all over the world and coming and bringing it back to you know people in the United States to just to create just that little that one little drop of inspiration that would spread like wildfire mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. through us now who would have thought that um that Dr. Pearl Primus being the first black modern dancer mm-hmm. would begin to translate into what we know mm-hmm. now in terms of seeing the numbers of us that are mm-hmm. interpretive and, and contemporary dancers and modern dancers mm-hmm. and they're creating companies all over the world. Who would have thought that that would happen? And the people that were the foundations of bringing um um, African and indigenous dance to the United States that now you would have this mm-hmm. wildfire mm-hmm. of like young people and, and multi-generations of people YouTubing and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Instagram and the social media yeah. and like, you know, attending conferences and, and just to continue to study what someone introduced, you know, so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about our ancestors who were, um, enslaved here mm-hmm. who were told you cannot do your dances right. of your homeland. Right. Yes. I literally think about that. I think about what they must feel like looking at us. Yeah. You know, the ones of us that are continuing to perpetuate these cultures yes. and continuing to usher other people. And I know that they're just so happy, know you know, right. just mm-hmm. so happy. So I feel a connection and an, yes. a, a place of inspiration from lots of different, different places. Different and that's fair. And that's mm-hmm. fine. You said that very well. Okay. Thank you. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be upset with your answer. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to stir up a little controversy. Uh-oh. Just one time. Okay. Just one time. Okay. Because me personally, it, it, it has bothered me. And I try to be open and all I think about I know it. What this question is. Okay. <laughs> but there's something in my core that it bothers me. So okay. let me give you an example. All right. I used to, I wasn't always a runner, 
But when I was on this quest after my divorce, I wanted to get in shape and I started running and I started running a lot of 5k races and I joined black girls run. Loved it. Was running, running all the time with them. And they would go to different cities, at least in Atlanta and then Charlotte. Then over time, I started to see people join the race that didn't look like me. Mm. The name of it was called Black Girls Run. Okay. So I felt the way. I was like, can we not have something? Sure. Right? That I Because I think the power in the name was... People, we all looked alike and we're doing this thing running because Mm -hmm. typically that isn't something we're looked on for doing long distance running. Mm -hmm. They look to us to do be the flow Joe's like hitting it real quick sprints that relays, but to run races like five K's and 10 K's that, that wasn't our thing. And now we got this thing, right? And so now I'm seeing people being a part of our thing that don't look like us. I was like, I love Alvin Haley. Love it, love it, love it. Go every year. I'm going, I go, and then all of a sudden, you do revelations. Revelations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And there are people in the revelations dance scene that do not look like me. And I say, can we not? And I, and I felt the way, and I didn't say anything because, again, it's a, it's the beauty of the dance. and Right. And I was like, but when Alvin created this, was that his intent? I don't know. When Judith Jameson was the artistic director, was that her intent? I don't know. Things have changed. Money is needed. Sponsors mm-hmm. are different. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the messaging is. But I'm going to ask you dancers, what say you about having People that are not African American joining an African American dance troupe. What say you, Anana? <laughs> Anana. And if you want to take the fifth, you can. If you say I don't really have an opinion, no, no, I, I'm not going to take the fifth. But I saw something on Tambra's face. Uh oh. I, I I know it I comes up. Yeah. yeah. Go on. Say, on and get, and get Go me ahead, straight. Sam. Maybe I'm not straight. Go so ahead, there are several things. So right. um so one thing is that we are. Uh, as a people, we have tended to be probably the most inclusive yes. people on the yes. planet. Yes, and right? yes. And we recognize... Sometimes it feels like it's to our detriment. And yes. sometimes it feels like we're losing something. Okay, right? sometimes. Okay. We, um, we are very inclusive and we use our talents to embrace. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And we use our our um our talents to heal because mm-hmm. we know that the things that we have are healing. We haven't always protected our spaces. Right. Right. Um and we haven't always said this particular environment is gonna be for everyone. Right. This environment over here as much as I love everyone and appreciate Come on everyone, now. Come on, Tamara. There's a conversation that I want to have right. with people who have not just look like me because we, right, we come in all that is correct. sorts of that shades, is correct. colors, sizes, right? Mm-hmm. But who walk a similar walk with me. Yes. Have a similar, similar ancestral memory as, yes. me, as me. And who... Um, can reflect back to me Come something, Come on, right? So I want to have this conversation mm-hmm. with this group over here. Mm-hmm. And I completely see the value. As a matter of fact, I want to even spearhead making sure that there is an inclusive environment. Okay. So okay. we have 
some people that do both. Okay. We have some people that do one or the, the other. other. Um, I think that the the larger concern is not so much the ones of us that that usher these various environments in, mm-hmm. right? But the fact that I think as a people, I know as a people, we just have not done a good job with educating each other about how critical it is to have sacred spaces. Mm. Okay. Sometimes it's just critical to mm-hmm. have sacred space. Mm-hmm. And in a time where funding is important, where, mm-hmm. you know, your sponsors or your stakeholders mm-hmm. may desire such, such and so yeah. we're on paper, you need to look like, you know, you are inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, people sometimes get pushed past what maybe was their initial understand, vision, understand. right? In order to stay in alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfair that that happens to us so many times. I love being in places and I have been in environments recently where there have been strategic efforts to make sure that circles, affinity groups are formed where people of color have people of color spaces, mm-hmm. period, the end. Mm-hmm. And there's a language that's being developed right. around that. There's vocabulary for that. Mm-hmm. It's important to be able to assign words to that yes, and not just our feelings. And it's okay for us to feel, but quite often we're just looked at as the angry people who get mad when such and so happens right. or get sad when right. such and so happens. Right. So it's important for us to be able to articulate that the better we are at being able to articulate it and to um, guard our spaces lovingly. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be able to see better results. Uh, and there's a reality that everybody wants what we have. Yes. Like, we're so fresh. <laughs> we so fresh. We're so dope. We're so powerful. We're so strong and creative. Like, like there literally is no limit to how much we can create, right? Like mm-hmm. when I look up jazz dancers on the internet, like if I'm on Google, I have to type in black jazz dancers. Okay, I'm going to say that again. I have to mm. type in black jazz dancers. I have to type black first mm. in order to find dancers, videos and wow. images of dancers that look like us. Mm. Right, And then I even have to search more in order to find the quality of image that I'm looking for. I say that to say that so much of what we do has been appropriated and, um, it's beyond unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It is another iteration of racism Ugh. and how it has just crossed another line, has yes. intersected us in another way. And it's important for us to be reminded of our power to be able to say this space is for these people in particular, mm-hmm. no shade, mm-hmm. no, you know right, what I mean? Right, no right. judgment, no love loss. Right, this right. space is for this and um and to also be able to function fluidly 
in spaces that are yeah. also that are inclusive yes. of of others. I like the say I like the term sacred space. Yeah, it's I sacred like that. Space. I like that. Sacred Anana, space. Anything for me? Yeah, I, I wanted to throw it to yeah. my because we were just talking about this Ooh. literally this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We went and took a walk, and and it came up the topic. I want to first give a shout out to the Charlotte chapter of the Sister Care Alliance, mm-hmm. the president, Jasmine Hines, and then one of our members, Kelly Carboni Woods. Mm-hmm. They are these fearless black yoga instructors mm-hmm. up there that mm-hmm. are working on decolonizing yoga. Mm-hmm. And they created this summit called Amplify Activate Summit. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that the summit exists was not just to bring together people of color, Uh, black people, people of African descent, to talk about the impact of um, just racism and oppression, but also to educate those who are within the yoga community that are not respecting what our critical needs are. And so although Sister Care Alliance promotes self-care as a form of social justice, we also promote social justice as a form of self-care. It's healing to speak up for yourself. And it also is powerful for you to know what you critically need. Mm -hmm. But as a people, we have been taught to suppress what we critically need, to be embarrassed about what we critically Mm -hmm. need. So much so that if I Mm -hmm. say, I just need to be around to Tampa's point, my sisters who can relate to me Mm -hmm. and who know that it's difficult. So there's some things I don't have to explain. Right. I critically need that again to your point, which is the core of what self-care is. It's addressing what you critically need and then acting on it. Mm -hmm. Right. When we're able to do that, then we will automatically develop this notion of protecting it. Mm -hmm. And you also have effectively communicated the level of urgency to those around you who may not be of that group. Now, I will tell you from an organizer's standpoint in the field of social justice, there is quite a gentrification of social justice going Mm -hmm. on, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. There is quite an opportunistic approach to ignoring what the critical needs of those who are um, originally oppressed Mm -hmm. within social justice um, experiences and movement work. And there is a standard um, apathetic approach. There is such a lack of compassion for what breaks us down as a people, let alone black women, Mm -hmm. that it's standard for someone to say, well, I'm important, too. Mm. And so I think some of the burden, this is my personal opinion, some of the burden falls upon the leaders, the organizers, the facilitators, the event planners mm-hmm. to do what Tambra suggested, which is to designate when there is an opportunity for it to be a healing experience that's focused on A, B, C, or D that right. caters to mm-hmm. those who need it. If, if I have had a, a horrible emergency C-section, and I need to get together with those that have had a horrible mm-hmm. uh, emergency C-section. There is an understanding amongst our collective trauma mm-hmm. that someone that had a beautiful, blissful vaginal mm-hmm. birth at home, right. you know, they just won't understand. <laughs> Beautiful, blissful, vaginal delivery. Who's doing that? They, I sneezed. <laughs> I sneezed and the baby came out. I was in labor for 30 right. minutes. Who's doing that? Um, I ate some.
my wonderful fruit <laughs> afterwards. I got my head rubbed. <laughs> you know, I had no stitches. I 100% of her beautiful stories, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It is not selfish for me to ask for um, an ointment to address my wounds mm-hmm. that are specific to my mm-hmm. wounds. It mm-hmm. is not selfish. Mm-hmm. And so when we start looking at self-care as being revolutionary, we'll start to honor the wounds that we still need to treat mm. that take a different type of ointment than yeah. what someone else needs. The right. fact that you are uh, benefiting, I'll say this, I have a, a, a lot of good friends who are in recovery mm. and every year they get their chip and I show up for those anniversaries, the birthdays where mm-hmm. they get in their chips and I'm in recovery right. X mm-hmm. amount of years. It's not easy one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And I remember the the second time I ever went to a meeting with a friend to support them, I sat there. I was like, this is wonderful. Mm. I was like, I have something to share. And so I said, I tugged on my friend. I, I really, can I share? Mm-hmm. My friend said, no. Mm. Have you oh. ever been addicted to alcohol or drugs? Yeah, Has your right, body right. ever been oh. ravaged uh, by narcotics? Right. Have oh. you ever been She's completely right. out of control. Right, right. And as much as in my whole right. body, I really never have been around braver, more courageous. Mm-hmm. I have not seen such strength mm-hmm. when it comes to the internal challenges that people in recovery have mm-hmm. exhibited. I, mm-hmm. I was never mm-hmm. exposed to that level mm-hmm. of strength. Mm-hmm. I was inspired. I was like, wow, my pain matters. Mm-hmm. Wow, these things that I've experienced. Right. I want right. to learn these two. 12 step what? I'm over here. Yeah, yeah. But you know what they told me? No, mm-hmm. you cannot. Mm-hmm. This does not pertain to you. Right. True. This is not specific to True. what you've Tell experienced. Come on. And you have to respect it if you're going to stay here. Come on now. And because I did have respect and because I love the strength mm-hmm. of not just Golly. my friends, but everybody that walked in and got the white chip the first day. Mm-hmm. And they made it there. I had to learn how to be a respectful supporter, sure. uh, an educated supporter, mm-hmm. a respectful bystander. Mm-hmm. So when someone cannot have the compassion for what it takes right. for you Come to on. say, my hair isn't ugly. My skin isn't ugly. Right. These curves are not ugly. I'm 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 not supposed to look like you. I'm not mm-hmm. supposed to act like you. Mm-hmm. When drums start playing, there's nothing wrong with me. Uh, uh wanting to kind of mm-hmm. let it yeah. out a little bit, if not a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what it takes for me to have to continue to grow in this society and be talked over, ignored, right. assumed that I'm sure. not intelligent enough to to change the attire or intelligent enough to have this. Discussion discussion uh, in a meeting and you look me in the eye, you know, if you have not had that experience, Mm. there are several non-people of color, non-black people, non-people of African descent that have the utmost respect for the fact that we have this challenge and they want Mm. to help protect the time so that when we do get together, to your point, we can build. So that is the only analogy that I can offer because what someone who is in recovery, either from alcohol or narcotics needs will never change. Mm. It doesn't matter how much I want to hang out and do the Mm -hmm. same things. It'll never change. (laughs) Tomorrow, it'll be the same critical need. You'll need the same self-care activity, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to participate in yes, every part of their journey, say right. that. nor will my participation be helpful say that. in their part. So it right. is very selfish. 
of those to see someone who has been wounded generationally Mm, mm, and mm. want to take some of the ointment that we are creating for ourselves and take from that 100% so that we only get 50%. So then we are not going to be able to fully heal because you have now siphoned off some of the ointment that we need to heal. So that's my, I mean, there are several people who are, who have not suffered as I have. Mm -hmm. Right. That are like, get what you need, Anana. Is it what? What do you need? Mm-hmm. I'm here for you because they have compassion for who I am in my specific journey, and it mm-hmm. just so happens that a portion of my journey includes me being a black woman, mm-hmm. and for that, they're supportive. Man, I, I to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we drop the mic now? Okay, on that? and mic drop. <laughs> mic blows Word up. up all the way up. The there's just so much there. We can come back and do another show on that. And I think of microaggressions and things just what we deal with just at work yeah. and the mm-hmm. things that said, and uh, I, I'm not even going to go down that lane, but um, thank you. Thank you both for your responses on that. Sure. That helps me because I think it is a sacred space and it's about timing. Let me say, and if you fail to get the sacred space for yourself, you mm. end up with less tolerance mm. for those who don't mm. understand how important it is. Mm. The reason I can have conversations about it, the reason I can facilitate groups, the reason I can interject myself and, and do what someone has done for me is because I'm working my self-care plan. Right. And Part of the problem is we have been taught to negate ourselves so much as black women that we have zero tolerance. We have a right. zero tolerance policy mm-hmm. like in the workplace that's true, that's true. for mm-hmm. others. And that's because we're operating on E. Yeah. So I would just encourage those of us who know we not are into coalition building, mm-hmm. <laughs> who are not into, you know, the multicultural scene, mm-hmm. then don't do it on E right. and right. just don't be selected as a representative right. to do that. Right. Also, go continue to take good care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And those those who choose to do that, tell them to live long and prosper. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong. But just recognize when your critical needs are on E, right. that you probably shouldn't be the spokesperson no, for. No, no. Don't do that. No. Get somebody else. No, 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 no. Point well taken. Duly noted. All right. Uh, last one I want to ask is how can we encourage others to support our artistic culture? So there are lots of ways to support, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes support looks like, you know, sending a donation Mm -hmm. on a monthly basis Mm -hmm. on on a yearly basis. Mm -hmm. Sometimes support looks like um, before the event, you find out what that organization needs. If they need someone to be a door monitor or to help bring equipment in, Mm -hmm. you know, you sign up for that. Okay. Um, If that support looks like, sharing someone's social media posts, like Mm -hmm. continuously, like you are, I am here to share your, your posts and to use my platform Mm -hmm. as a platform for you. Um, and it's going to look different for different people. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, definitely we have to acknowledge the power of the arts Mm -hmm. and how critical it is to, our self care mm-hmm. to our community care mm-hmm. to our to the care of our families. Right. Once we acknowledge that and are able to prioritize it, I think that people are much more willing okay. to contribute in a particular way. Okay. And then we also have to start with our children. We have to educate them mm-hmm. in ways that allow them to appreciate right. organization building that mm-hmm. that allow them to appreciate what. Um, 
different um, aspects and attributes are offered to mm-hmm. different spaces in order to make them flow and, um, and function well. And once educated in that way, you really never stop. Yeah. You know, once you, once you know what it takes to build a dance company, you have an appreciation <laughs> and you're like, okay, what, what do you need? You know? So when you get that uh GoFundMe message, you're like, oh, y'all need costumes. If all I have is $10, I'm about to make share it with you. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a donation. Mm-hmm. If you know a child that is learning mm-hmm. or growing in a particular area mm-hmm. and they ask you to contribute to a fundraiser, mm-hmm. you know, that's planting a, an amazing seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just going to have, um, just continuous, you know, benefits mm-hmm. and continuous harvests. So I would say contribute financially, contribute with your presence, mm-hmm. be a listening ear. You might just be a thought partner for mm-hmm. someone. Thought partner. They might like just that. need to toss some ideas around to you. Uh, they might yeah. just need your advice. Mm-hmm. They might want to consult with you. Yeah. Sometimes organizations can't afford to pay consultants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they need the advice in right. order to propel them to the next level. Yeah. Could you donate your time for an hour? Yeah. An hour, a quarter, yeah. you know, of the year in order to sit with this organization mm-hmm. or this director and talk to them. So there are ways to do it that are conventional and non-conventional. Makes sense. And um, the more we have an understanding of how important these things are to our daily lives, mm-hmm. we look around every day and we see art and we see culture and mm-hmm. we see context and we see storytelling, but we don't always acknowledge it as such. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. And without those things in our society, it would just be really bland yeah. and really boring. 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 <laughs> boring. Yeah, boring. So no just spice. prioritizing. Okay. Yeah, reminding. I, I mean, I don't even know what else to add after that because I think that's pretty <laughs> comprehensive. Yeah. I'll, I'll give a, um, examples of okay. the power of um, the arts mm-hmm. when it intersects with social justice world. It's it's hands down one mm-hmm. of the most powerful vehicles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the Hugh Masekela's, um, yes. the Miriam Makiba's. Mm-hmm. You look at the artists that um, were exiled because mm-hmm. their art. Mm-hmm. was looked at as inciting revolution and right, you right. Know, behavior. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, there is no other way to translate it other than, wow, the arts needs to be something that I'm involved in. Now, if you have an artistic organization that also has a social justice component, either to the, the creative works that they're doing, which is typically it. It's yeah. typically some type of a message uh-huh. um, around change and growth. Mm-hmm. Um those are the organizations you want to support. Right. You want to support those who are staying close to what the critical needs of the community mm-hmm. um, are. Mm-hmm. And then also those who are, are um, wanting to reach out to you and continue to communicate right. to your community. So you right. don't have to hunt them down or right. they're not in other communities doing things. Um, they're giving back to the communities that are in need and that you're you're familiar with. So um, while you recognize, to Tamper's point, um, the power mm-hmm. of all these different forms of the arts, also understand that they are effecting change yeah. in the world. That That's it's, true. Yeah. it's literally, it's making things better yeah. mm-hmm. when you are incorporating the power. You get the TIs, you look at a lot of these, you know, younger artists yeah. that are um, really infusing themselves more. You look mm-hmm. at even Tyler Perry, who put up, you know, this money, he put mm-hmm. up uh, money to find, you know, uh, um, a culprit. I mean, there's so many avenues that 
you know, the arts are just affecting how we learn and how we're educated about what changes need to happen. So I just wanted to add that I think that that is super, super um, important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Canberra. Upcoming projects where people can find you. Sure. Good good stuff. Tell us. So, Anana and I. Uh oh. 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 Uh this morning, we I have on workout clothes yeah, right we now. Both, yeah, we yeah. both have on workout clothes. We uh, literally just came off of the trail walking on the Atlanta Beltline. So we were walking our journey that we're going to be taking during Black Women Walking, which happens next Sunday, March 10th at 10 a.m. It's going to be so amazing because this is like critical <laughs> self-care like wrapped in the beauty love of Atlanta's streets. My mouth is open. It's just going to be so juicy. Yes. So we are walking, we are talking, we are loving. We're bringing it all together, right? So we are gathering women who care about or who are making um, self-care moves and are also making social justice moves. Like we're not separating them. And that's one of the things that I love about Anana. Like she is so clear that this is all connected. I'm not separating any of it. It's all connected, right? So that's March 10th at 10 a.m. Oh, I want to come. On the Atlanta Beltline. You should come. Yes. 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 So we're going to be, we're meeting at the the skate park, the historic Fourth Ward Skate Park at 10 a.m. Children can come. And at this point, um, we we primarily need volunteers to really just support the women who have already signed up. Okay. Okay. So we have um, just... So beautifully sold out. It's so nice. <laughs> it's so nice. But volunteers are needed. And we're putting out a special call to our brothers yes. who love we black you. women. We need, we need, you. need y'all we need to be you there. Next Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, bring some cases of water, bring bananas. some some bananas, some oranges. Um, bring you, bring your love and your support. Wow. Bring a sign to hold up. Bring just be there. So yeah, yeah, just support. So that's something that um, we're doing in order to kick off what is Giwai and Matsu's 26th year. Mm-hmm. Kicking off our 26th year. Can't, you can't have yeah. it. <laughs> oh 26 years. And so um, during the same month, mm-hmm. so um, at the end of the month, during um, the weekend of March 20. 8, 29, and 30, excuse me, 29, 30, and 31, mm-hmm. March 29th, 30th, and 31st, we are going to be doing Woman 26. <laughs> to celebrate the 26th. Woman 26 to celebrate our 26th year. Ooh. And we are hosting um, some beautiful drum classes, drum and dance classes. Girl, you can dance and drum at the same time in this class. So we have Mama Omelika Kuumba, who is our artistic director emerita, who's teaching a djembe class. We're bringing in Sister Ayo Austin from Chicago of Ayo Delhi Dance and Drum. And she's teaching a dune dance class where you are literally drumming with sticks and dancing at the same time. Choreographed 
drumming. Yeah. So we have that on Friday night. We have it on Saturday evening. And then on Sunday, we are doing a big collabo mashup of our Giwayamata teachers who are going to be tag teaming at our normal Sunday class. And we're extending it by a half an hour just because we're trying to put so much into it. <laughs> so that'll be from three to five. So you can follow us on, um, on our social media is really the best way to find out what Giwayan Mata is doing. Mm -hmm. And Giwayan Mata is spelled G-I-W-A-Y-E-N-M-A-T-A. So you can go to giwayanmata.org. You can also follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook. And you can get up-to-date information Mm -hmm. about what Giwayan Mata is doing to celebrate our 26 years. Our theme for this year is woman to woman. So literally what we are doing right now is completely and totally in alignment with what Giwai and Mata is doing. So with that woman to woman theme this year, we are looking to intentionally and strategically align ourselves Mm -hmm. with organizations, with women's organizations and organizations for women that are already doing the kind of work that we're doing in order to uplift ourselves and uplift our community. And that's why the work with Sister Care Alliance is so critically important. So this Black Women Walking next Sunday Mm -hmm. is the first of four that will happen during this calendar year. Nice. And we come out of Black History Month and we go into Women's Month. Yes. Like, powerful. Mm -hmm. Nice. Absolutely. Oh, the timing of this show. Great timing. Great timing. (laughs) Give all praise to the Most High. Thank you. Anana, do you have any? Do you have anything else? Well, I will add for um, our walk participants, we'll be teaching at different checkpoints critical self care strategies. Ah. Mm -hmm. And so, this is a unique walk that we um, we launched last year, and there were strategic self care walk um, consultations that I would do. Mm -hmm. But this is a collaborative walk Mm -hmm. that we work together with Giwayamata on to really shape the importance of how to be strategic about our self-care activities when we're Mm. not around each other, Mm. how to be strategic Mm. about finding someone to walk with, Mm. how to be strategic about understanding what a self-care baby step is, Mm -hmm. um, how to identify what you critically need, Mm -hmm. and then getting the energy of your sisters Mm -hmm. to be able to strengthen you to get it done. So that's important. And at the end of the walk, I mean, we have attorneys, nurses, Uh, we have organizations that help find housing that are mm. attending. Mm. The beauty about it is we all are going to be supporting each other. Then at the end of the walk, we'll be making social justice based announcements on resources mm. right. and um, just yeah. kind of current events that Sounds are important. Good. And then we're going to go and have brunch for those who yeah. want to join us afterwards. <laughs> and that's open to whomever would like sure. to. So if you end oh. up at the skate park, um, you don't want to put a time limit on it, but the, the walk uh, activity starts at 10 mm-hmm. um, and we're going to trail it and have our activities and then at the end we're going to walk on over to Crog Street yeah. and we're going to get something to eat so you're welcome nice. welcome welcome to join us oh, but for yeah. Sister Care Alliance we're going to be launching our self-care support groups nice um, which is a continuation of teaching the self-care programming mm-hmm. and planning mm-hmm. we have a self-care rehab coming up mm. which is uh, rehabilitation around how you think about your own critical self-care, how you come wow. up with a self-care plan for you. And it's uninterrupted time, mm. it's beautiful. uninterrupted time with guidance. Yeah. 
Um, and then lastly, we have a symposium that we're launching this year around self-care and social justice. Gotcha. And that is to be able to have a more involved conversation. A lot of times we don't want to get involved in social justice work because we don't know how to take care of ourselves right, right, in the midst right, of that trauma right, and that challenge. Right. Because literally we have social justice experiences mm-hmm. every day because mm-hmm. we can't take mm-hmm. off being black and yep. we can't take no, off can't being take a woman. So that. it's kind of like, you want me to do more, sis? Right. I don't think so. But what we want to do at Sister Care Alliance <laughs> is house a way similar to the Amplify Activate Summit for our Charlotte chapter mm-hmm. is really talk about a way um, and strengthen how we strategically protect our sacred spaces, reinforce our own tools when Mm -hmm. dealing with racism, sexism, Mm -hmm. and oppression. Mm -hmm. And then also how do we better integrate it into our lives so it's not this Mm -hmm. staccato experience. It's like, I feel good today. I feel like Mm -hmm. crap today. Mm -hmm. I almost messed on your show. (laughs) 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 You were that close. unhealthy. Yeah. It's unhealthy for us to be up and to be down, yeah. but then to have this constant um, experience of um, being negated right. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I, w- the goal of the symposium is to get us to be more strategic, collaborative, mm-hmm. and um, supportive yeah. right. around each other. Yeah. How can people find you? SisterCareAlliance.org uh-huh. and then on um, social media, Sister Care Alliance. Mm-hmm. You can at Sister Care Alliance. And then uh, Anana, A-N-A-N-A-H Paris, P-A-R-R-I-S. Yes, oh, I'm sorry. Also, self-care agency. Yeah. <laughs> self-care agency. Right. I want to give a right. shout out because I know we're talking about sisters, but I want to give a special shout out to the brothers who support. Yes. Yes. Sisters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a and lot yes. of times they go unacknowledged. And I know with the self-care agency, we have these wonderful brothers that are not only trained on the self-care program and they teach themselves, but mm-hmm. they also are 100% supportive, just like with Giwai Mata. Sure. They're these team of brothers that understand what we go through. Mm -hmm. They respect the history of the black woman, not just in this country, but globally and and beyond just the establishment of the states. And so I just want to say thank you. Yes, thank you. We want to say thank you. We appreciate you. We need you. Um, And and we love you. Mm -hmm. And so those who can come on March Mm -hmm. 10th, we appreciate you. Shout out to Dr. Brian McGregor. He just finished teaching the self-care program to the Mm. Department of Psychiatry Mm, at Morehouse School of Medicine. Um, uh, Brother Sunjata, he is trained on the program. Mm -hmm. So just thank you, brothers. Thank Thank you for thinking about us. Uh, We love you. Real men love real chicks. Thank you guys for supporting (laughs) Self-Care Alliance. This is my time. Right. This was good. Wasn't this was it good? Really good. <laughs> you know, I'd be listening to this, this like that's really right. Good. <laughs> yeah. This was this was, this was very, very informative. Very this was very it, yeah, it was very therapeutic. It was all about dance and who would have yeah. thought? But I knew the these two stars I, I can't it's too bright in here. <laughs> I need shades. I got I gotta I it's too woo, wait till you see it on the video. Yeah, mm, you guys mm. look incredible. Um I wanna do a couple of different things before you guys get at me. You know me, I'm everywhere, but there's some important collaborations and things that I wanna share with you guys. Please, please, please. Um last year we I had an opportunity, Real Chicks Rock partnered with Teen Girls Empowerment um last year. It was very successful and so they're doing it again this year. So please be a part of the twenty nineteen Teen Girls Empowerment Workshop Series, which is a series 
series that aims to motivate, inspire, and empower teen girls in the community. Mm-hmm. Right. Wonderful. Teen Wonderful. girls. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's not wait till they're old like me right. to get them right. <laughs> right. Get them young and right. Right. Mm-hmm. Teen girls. They need it. So they're hosting an interactive workshop. Right. Topic. The relationship hour. Teen dating. Oh, please. Right. Yes, let's talk, let's about, talk about it. That's the title. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. Right. Mm-hmm. An opportunity to hear and discuss healthy dating presented by Monika Thornton. I love we Monica. love Monica Thornton, founder of Powerful Beginnings. On Saturday, March thirtieth, from ten a.m. to twelve p.m., um, we invite you to register your daughter, your niece, your friends. The ages are from thirteen to eighteen. Very good ages there for teen teenagery things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So please, please, limited seats are limited. So get at them right. So this event is free. Yes. So make sure you register before tickets sell out. Um, tickets are available at Eventbrite. It is Teen Girls Empowerment. Um, the re- TGE. Ooh, to 2019 on Eventbrite. Please go ahead and register mm-hmm. and be a part of that. Me, like I said at the beginning, I have, she's smiling because <laughs> she was an honoree last year. This year, April, Saturday, April 20th, we are having our second annual RCR Awards Luncheon, right? Yes. Yes. Where we honor women that have been doing phenomenal things Mm. in the community. That is my self-care. What is your self-care, Michelle? Giving back to women that have been doing phenomenal things in the community. Yes, Ashe. So this year's nominees are um, Latanya Moore. Tamiko uh, Lowry Pugh and uh, Nikki Poche. So please, please, please go ahead. The tickets, the the event is on Eventbrite. Please get those tickets because they're moving. We got a couple of vendors. The mm-hmm. food will be excellent. It's on Saturday, April 20th. It's from 11 a.m. Doors open at 11. It'll be from 11 to 1. It's a great way to spend your Easter weekend. I know it's Easter weekend. I don't, okay. I know some people will be going to church on Sunday, but for the Saturday, mm-hmm. we can come together and celebrate the women that have done big things in the community. Um, former honorees are always welcome yeah. to come. We want our formers to come. We want all of our guests to that been on the show. To come, so please, 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 we want you guys to pack out the place. It's very good. It's it, I I can't put it to words, but it changes it changes the vibration, right? And let me say, having, having been there, the energy is not stuffy. It's no. not um, no. no repressed. No, it's not hierarchical. No, it's such a loving, yeah. open, bonding, and educational experience. Yes, it it's definitely something that you want to invite coworkers, friends. Yes, it, it's a wonderful um, networking opportunity. Yes, I wonderful. definitely connected yes. on another level with people I would have never met had it not been for Michelle. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and people don't realize that she, she's not an event planner. When you want to make an impact on your community, you're a community organizer. Mm. And so this event is just as much an act of social justice wow. as anything else. Mm. And so I just want to make sure everyone's clear that when you buy a ticket, when you sponsor a ticket, yeah. when you become a sponsor in other ways, mm. that you are helping to improve our community sure. by participating. Yeah. Sure. It's not a fluff, fluff event. Yeah. So let me just put that stamp mm-hmm. on there just so everybody's that. clear. About I appreciate that. that. I think it's important that we recognize our own um, it, while we're here. Get these flowers now and not while we're in a box. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. If you're doing things to empower women, 
We need to note that. Right. You need to get that right. now. And so there's so many more women. As long as God gives me breath in my body, I'll get to you. Um, this is our second year. So we just want to continue to make it grow and grow and grow. It'll be at the Philip Rush Center. Um, they take good care of me there. So mm-hmm. help, you know, help support us so as we support those that continue to give and be an outpouring to women. Yes. That's what it's okay. about. Yes. Yeah. And the men are, men are welcome to come too. Husbands, brothers, yes, uncles. You know, yes. you come on too because we're just as good because you guys support us. And Absolutely. so there's a lot of men that support uh, Real Chicks Rock. And I wouldn't be here without that. One last thing. Because I love music and all that there. So one of my strategic partners is Hot Ice Entertainment. Hi, okay. Hot Ice. Hi, Hot Ice Entertainment. Yes. And so with that, so we had, it was talking around me today. Thank you so much for your time. Go out and subscribe, mm-hmm. like, share, post, repost, yes. help us create the energy higher, vibrate higher. We like yes. sensationalism so much, but when it's something good, we sit on it. We don't share, mm. share this. Yeah. You thought about dance. Now, you know, you have a totally different perspective about it. Just share because it was just a good conversation Indeed. today. It was a good discussion. What a way to spend a Sunday, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I. We hope you enjoyed listening to RCR Presents Real Discussions. Until next time, take care and continue to talk.